The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray in his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. If you have thyroid eye disease and itchy eyes have you itching for a fight, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com. The official smoked sausage of the college football playoff, Eckridge is the go-to solution for your favorite game day dish. Available in a variety of flavors and forms, Eckridge smoked sausage is versatile enough to be paired with whatever you have on hand so you can create a meal that will satisfy everyone's appetite before focusing on the game. Pick up Eckridge smoked sausage from your local grocer's refrigerated section today. Eckridge will also be offering fans a chance to win $1 million at some of the top college football matchups during the 2019 season. Visit EckridgeFootball.com for more information. PFF Podcast is brought to you by True Car. Every car comes with its share of stories. That ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date? The luxury package you got after a big promotion? Or the mileage you saved by riding your bike all summer? While you can't put a price tag on your stories, now with True Car you can at least find out what your car's worth when it's time to sell or trade it in. Just go to True Car, simply enter your license plate number, and watch your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Navigation and moonroof? Watch as they bump up your value. High mileage? You already knew it was going to cost you, but now you know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. Once you're finished, you'll get a True Cash offer sent in minutes, which you could take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True Cash offer not available in all areas. Welcome in to the PFF NFL Podcast. Steve Palazzolo here with Mike Renner. Mike's in for his uh, draft podcast. Yeah, back at it. Hi. Yeah, back from the combine. Uh, I have so many takeaways that I'm ready to rip. Let's do it. We got Sam's takeaways Mm -hmm. on Monday. And, you know, people heard some of my takes. And we spent a lot of time on guys like DK Metcalf, Montez Sweat, Rashawn Gary. But let's go beyond that. Let's get right into it. A couple things on today's show. I got a mock draft mm-hmm. that came out uh, as of recording time on Thursday. We have the draft guide that is also out here on Thursday, March 7th. That's all part of your PFF Edge or Elite subscription. You guys can get that for as little as nine ninety nine if you get the Edge monthly subscription. So a lot of big things happen. And we'll, maybe you can make fun of my mock later. For sure. Yeah, I'd love to. All right. Let's get into your combine takes because you love this more. Than maybe most of us here. Yes, is that right? What, what do you? What are I your love it the most. takeaways? 
with the combine. I had a lot of good takeaways. I, I had I actually wrote up on the website the biggest risers and the biggest fallers. If you want to go through, okay, I do want to go list. through that. But what what do you what what constitutes a riser or a follower for a follower for you when you're looking through this? I think it's a guy who tests better athletically than maybe you anticipated, or vice versa, worse than you anticipated, or someone who just is an all around you know all around athlete, someone who does well in pretty much every single test and is just. You know, sort of ticks that box to where a lot of the best, a lot of the top players in the NFL also are at the top of, you know, most athletic testing. They're also elite athletes in their own right. So when a guy you really like his tape goes to the combine and tests really well athletically, well, that's a good thing that makes you feel more, you know, more assured in your evaluation of a prospect. Is that your own fault, though? If you misevaluated no. it the first time, like, I don't think so. No, I mean this is a check on you. It's like I said, it has value. It's a check on your own inherent biases when a, you think you know Andy Isabella is a slot receiver because he's white and five seven. Hey, that's on you to not realize that he runs a four three one. That's not your bias. Though. Yeah, you knew. that's not my bias. I know you knew that was happening. All right, let's go through some of the guys okay. that you said were the biggest winners because regardless of how we move guys on the board. There are winners and losers. There are, there are guys that teams will covet more or less because of their performances at the Combine. Let's go through some of your winners at the Combine. Yeah, so I had started off with Noah Fant. I think this tight end class, contentious to be who's the first one off the board, and he went to the Combine and he tested better than everyone else there athletically, pretty much across the board. 4 5 40, 39 and a half inch vertical, 10 7 broad, 6 8 1 cone, all those elite numbers. I mean, that puts him in the upper echelon of tight ends athletically, even at the NFL level. At that point, I mean, tight ends such an athleticism biased position in my mind. It, you, the guys with the potential at the position are the ones who are the most athletically, the big guys that can run. You can teach to, you know, run routes more than you can teach a 4'9 guy to be able to get down the field. So He definitely looked fast on film anyway. Yes. I mean, he runs the seam yeah. and all that stuff. They put him and Hawkinson on the same side every now and again. Mm-hmm. I love that, you know, uh, with the two verts on the same side. Uh, he always reminds me a little bit of Eric Ebron because of the athleticism. And the, Don't put and the that drops. on. Yeah, the drops are bad. That's they're, why I said in the, in the article, if, if, he can out, if there was a hands portion where he could show that off more uh, and they, you know, counted it at the combine which they don't. You can't but, offset the... But yeah, 11 drops, 80 catchable yeah. passes the last two seasons is not good. Yes. Uh, you have Devin Bush on here, the linebacker from Michigan. We've always kind of had him as a fringe first-round pick. Here's a crazy question. Is he the better Devin mm, at that, linebacker? That is an honest... I think there's an actual conversation to be had there that people saw this sort of chasm to it between the two. And if you look at mock drafts, it's basically Bush, his ceiling, or his floor was basically the Bengals. Every, he wouldn't pass the Bengals in basically any mock draft. And then Devin Bush, you would see him later in the first, sometimes not even the first at all. And truthfully, athletically, there was no difference between the two. They had pretty much the same numbers, four four three forty for Devin Bush, 40.5-inch vertical, 10-4 broad, six nine three cone, all just like peak athletic numbers for a linebacker. And on tape, he didn't get used in coverage a lot because he was used so much as a blitzer, which I think is maybe uh, the difference between them, white uh, a lot more in coverage. But uh, he makes a lot of plays around the football field that – a lot of other linebackers can't make. He makes explosive plays on the ball mm-hmm. when it's in front of him, flies to the ball in the run game, and a lot of his pass rush prowess, you know, the, the, the numbers that go into his pass rushing, a lot of that was him playing a little bit of a spy role, a little bit of what mm-hmm. Jabril Peppers did, um, you know, late pressures, pursuit pressures and stuff like that, but he is an excellent blitzer. Yes. And I do think you know, I put him to the Baltimore Ravens in my mock draft, which I think would be a great fit for the way they like to use. Use their backers. I agree. C.J. Mosley's in the open market. I agree. 
Up next, I had Brian Burns, Florida State edge defender. The biggest thing for me, he was one I had, I think he even told, said on this podcast before, I just wanted to know how much he weighed because he looked skinny at Florida State. And I wanted to know how much he weighed and was he be able to... He obviously knew he had to gain weight, so was he able to maintain high-level athleticism at that weight? Probably chug some water to get up to 249, but 249 is still a good weight for an edge defender, and he's still you know, only a junior growing into his body. Will get even bigger than that, and then he runs a 4.53, 36-inch vertical, 10.9 broad, and a cone, 7.01. All excellent, excellent numbers, all tick that's are a threshold that you want to see athletically for an edge guy. So for that second group, I had said him, Farrell, polite needed to sort of separate themselves with their testing and i think we saw a pretty good spread in the testing of those three at the combine burns very much on top because they all graded similarly and yes. again when we're doing this the grade's still going to make up the majority of the evaluation that has to at least get get us in the ballpark yes and then the athleticism can move guys up and down a little bit burns a breakout 2018 season uh very good pass rusher third in the nation in pressures yeah so we're high on him now there's your guy here's my guy jerry tillery i we haven't heard much hype about him but he goes to the combine we were obviously super high on him i think he's a top 10 player in this class has a better pass rush grade than quinn williams he goes there has a one six nine ten split the second best 10 split uh, among the defensive uh tackle class seven four five cone four three three shuttle those are excellent change of direction numbers for a tall long guy like him usually they struggle in the change of direction sort of testing so for him to be able to do that with his pass rushing moves i just think there is a uh sort of a precedent for guys that have his skill set tall long pass r- with pass rushing skills with multiple pass rushing moves that translates to the nfl i was a 4-4 shuttle guy Oof. by the way steve what was your pass rushing skill set like oh not not as good as jerry tillery's i was Obviously. a 4-4 shuttle guy at about 610 270 at the time hmm. maybe 275 i should have had you at second base Oh, yeah. Oh, I could turn it, dude. If you saw me <laughs> play a little short in second through the years, I get good Maybe hands. F- I would say first you have that catch radius at first. No. Bad ball skills. Oh, damn. Uh, Jerry Tillery, that 1.69 10-yard split. What was Chris Jones? 171? 1.7 flat. 1.7. So, so you've made the Chris Jones comparison before, and he was the guy that we loved the film. Mm-hmm. We loved the grading. He went to the combine at about 305 or so, I think it was. Ran the 1.7 10-yard. Like yeah. And has this so a guy that had strength on film also has this burst in the workout. Like a lot of these things, when you piece them all together, yep. bode well for Tillery. Yes. In his projection. Very that's well. where. Tested better than pretty much any other D tackle there besides Quinnen. But Quinnen really only did the 40. So that, I mean, that's a big W for him. I think he should be moving up draft boards. I mean, he's already high in R, so he's not going to be moving up much. But I, I feel very secure in him being a good NFL player. Is this whole thing confirmation bias, or is this just the, the, that you're just so good at seeing these guys on film, <laughs> like Andy Isabella being on the winner's list? No, this was more guys who were not going to be – guys who have, I haven't seen mocked like high in drafts. Yeah, guys who I have gotcha. been mocked later in the first or second round who then went there and basically solidified every, you know, solidified whatever position they were in and could be moving up board. So someone like Montez Sweat, I've seen him mock fifth overall going to the combine. I didn't put him on this winner's list. He already, you know, has won, he's already won in a lot of people's eyes, similar to Devin uh, White, uh, uh, just other guys who have been mocked highly, tested well. You expect that. So that's why this list is the way it is. That's why Andy Isabella is next up on the list. One, four, five, I mean. ten time, yeah. four, three, one. He put a lot of the haters to rest with those numbers. Sub seven three cone. I mean, Tessa Brandon Cooks comp is looking good for you right now. Yes, and I think 188 pounds he did it at, which is solid for a five seven receiver. That is well built. That's you know, 
Does he make it into the late first round? No, zero chance. People just don't. People don't want that. That people don't want it, just optics of it. He's going to be a second rounder. I I would bet. Let's leave it at that. Let's yeah. leave it at that. Jamel Dean, the cornerback from Dean. Auburn. He's an interesting one because he graded really well for us in 2017 and our preseason evaluations mm-hmm. we're looking at him and you wrote it you know it looks like a linebacker who's this linebacker out there covering i mean and, he plays almost like a linebacker too in terms yeah. of just like he just hits guys at the line doesn't carlton davis so last year's yeah teammate. so uh just underdeveloped in terms of having to mirror routes and having to break on routes because it's it was just the how they coached him there was to just chuck wide receivers at any point in the route he's never lets his hands off wide receivers it's so frustrating to watch because like this is never going to happen at the nfl yeah. level you don't know how athletic they are because they don't even like they're never having to catch up with guys because they're always just holding on to them. But then he goes there, runs a four three, and there are plays on tape where you see him make up ground in a hurry. I think he lost some weight to go to the combine because he, like I said, he looked like a linebacker, but only came in at two oh six. I think he was listed at two fifteen and, and yeah. looked at, looked at he looked big and probably dropped some weight. Blazes a forty, ridiculous vertical, forty one vertical, ten ten broad jump. I mean that's as good as it gets. Cone was a little over seven, and the, the cone and the shuttle were still not in you know Trey Wayne's territory of bad movement skills. Uh, wasn't elite by any means, but those numbers are they made me go back and rewatch, and I still have serious concerns about you know just ball skills and awareness in general. But there's just a lot to work with at that point. So he's one of those guys we like him probably as a third round prospect. Mm-hmm. Does he go in the second? Does he creep into the first? I, I would bet he goes. In, I'd be hard pressed to see him falling out of the second at this point with those testing with those yeah with that type of size yes and speed the change of direction though definitely a question david long the cornerback from michigan on your list michigan corners always end up having really good numbers Mm -hmm. for us as far as statistics go and long is one of them as well i was gonna say could have been the other david long also the linebacker from west virginia he tested well but this david long michigan corner he had the he was the change of direction drill guy this year like kevin king was a couple years ago six four five cone which is one of the fastest of all time and then a three nine seven shuttle both just excellent numbers they both led cor- all all players at the combine invited this year so change of directions legit only nine catches gave up all season long uh, another guy we're gonna have to go back and reevaluate this tape with that in mind because those are a lot of the michigan corners in years past have come to the combine tested poorly athletically he was on the opposite end of that spectrum which is interesting. Yeah, and we don't. The same school scouting can get you into trouble if you say this guy reminds me directly of this guy. So it's mm-hmm. not like, hey, here's David Long. He reminds me of Jordan Lewis, or he reminds me of whichever other mm-hmm. Michigan corner. But sometimes you can glean stuff the way they play and stylistically. And Michigan corners get a little grabby yep. sometimes, and those are the types of things they get away with some stuff. Um, those are the tough things that are tough to sort out, like the Jamel Dean stuff. You're yep. talking about a corner. How much is this guy playing? The college game and how much can he get away with that at the next level? I think David Long is in that boat a little bit. Yes, I would agree. Paris All right. Campbell. Paris Campbell. I mean, he every single drill off the charts. Four three one forty forty inch vertical eleven three broad jump four point oh three shuttle. Just elite numbers across the board. About as good athletically as you can get at the combine. The weird thing is he was a slot receiver at Ohio State. It's the tough eval. He plays catch slot and run, catch and run. Never got targeted down the field. Twenty one targets, ten plus yards down the field. Just nothing. They did not utilize that speed in any sort of capacity. So, a lot of projection with Paris Campbell. He's really good with the ball in his hands. Yes, Uh, they used him in the jet sweep game and Mm -hmm. you know the jet tap pass game. So I think he can do that at the next. That's an electric. That's that's about as good an athlete as you'll see in the NFL. Like right there, that is explosive. Yeah, that type of usage pattern. And he's big. Like he's six one two zero three. I think he came in at which is so he's much bigger than Tyree Hill. But I think an NFL team. 
could use him with the on the gadget stuff first mm-hmm. while developing him as a downfield receiver, given yeah. those numbers. Agreed. All right. Juan Thornhill was up next. Safety from Virginia. 44-inch vertical, 11-9 broad jump, 4-4-2, 40 and 21 bench reps. The explosive numbers right there off the charts. That's, you know, Byron Jones at the combine a few years back. That's that sort of level of elite explosiveness. Five picks this past year. That's good ball skills for a safety. That's a lot to work with. He's moving up our board. Yeah, fair to say that the safety class in general growing on us a little bit more. I think it's similar to the corners. Yeah. Deontay Thompson, Thompson was losing money by not working out and seeing someone like Yeah, the, Al- the Alabama safety who you know was getting top 10 hype from us as well throughout much of the season, but his play tapered off. His tackling was really poor mm-hmm. during the season, and some of these other guys uh, looking like really good athletes and versatile safeties. And yes. the safety market in the NFL, it's a whole different right? podcast. It's just disappearing. Falling off the map. No one I, wants, no I don't one think wants it should, anyone who plays coverage anymore. I don't I think it should be. I mean, I, I can understand box safeties. So real quick. If you're overcorrecting for teams like drafting Matt Elam a couple years ago, mm-hmm. a box safety who couldn't cover all that well, I can understand that. But letting a guy like Landon Collins who has coverage ability or an Earl Thomas or an Adrian Amos and these guys, LaMarcus Joyner, for these guys hit the market, that's the risky part. I can understand the Jonathan Cyprians of the world or the yeah. Matt Elams of the world, the box safeties, maybe not getting... You know, much recognition on the open but, market. But it seems like everyone wants to play three safeties nowadays, too. Right. Everyone wants their nickel safety or dime safety or that sort of thing. Everyone wants a third safety on the field, but no one wants to actually pay him, which is an interesting. So Thornhill is another one of those guys who's he's a former cornerback. Mm-hmm. You know, that adds a little bit of that versatility as well. All right. your last guy, Blake last Cashman, one? Minnesota, 4'5", 37.5-inch vertical, 10'4 broad, 6'9'5 cone. A step behind maybe Devin White and Devin Bush athletically, but not too big of a step. And his tape is right up there in terms of production. Had a 90-plus grade this past season. His a lot to like on him. Shows up. Tiny oh, no. little T-Rex arms, unfortunately. But I don't think it's going to limit him. I think the arm thing, you know, it used to matter with, you know, stacking and shedding and mm-hmm. uh, taking on blocks in the run game. Still, obviously, does a factor. I look at it more as how much range are you adding in coverage if you're going to be a zone dropper you know yeah. if you can get your hands on a pass that another guy can't that's the place where i, I feel like that comes into play more in today's nfl that it matters luke keekley though 31 inch arms cashman 30 and an eighth inch they're not right. too far off keekley got little well, the thing is if you're athletic and you are yeah you know, exactly. further you can make up for him yeah if you're in the right position mm-hmm. you're good all right some fallers yeah we got run through followers draymond jones i'll just run through these guys draymond jones shows up one Small and unexpected. 281. Can't do that, which means he probably chugged water and gets to 281 because he knew he was going to be 281. That's not good. I thought That's, he'd be 290. I know. And then 51240, 771 cone are just like, that's not an athletic DT. Right. That's not a, that's a, for, and then he's not even a DT at 281. He's a D end. And then that's not, that's just awful. And the bigger issue for him is he's competing with a lot of different guys in yes. that first and second round range on the interior. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he falls third, fourth at this point. Yep. It's just ugly. Chikai Polite, uh, maybe the worst combine of anyone, 4-8-4-40 after people talking about him in like the 4-5 range. And that that's looks like he plays territory. Like, right. He just Who's looks awful. <laughs> From Florida. But looks extremely just those numbers, 32-inch vertical, are not explosive numbers for an edge rusher. Those are dreadful numbers for an edge rusher. He's I can't be a first rounder after Florida, something like that. What's with Florida guys having these rough combines? I don't know. Then you have other schools, like Penn State's tearing it up. Certain schools just have guys coming in and that is true. crushing it. It's the preparation. Yep. 
Although Greg Gabriel will tell you, it's all a scam. They don't know what they're doing. Like Byron Murphy, he paid so much money and still runs a four five five. Was that was, was he so sad that he went that he ran yeah, so he was slow? Mad. Was it him or Baker? Was he was guy? mad sad about Baker, but Baker ran four five three. Four five five is just at the back end of a cornerback class. If you're trying to Byron Murphy be the first cornerback off the board, running a four five five, not doing you any favors there. Yeah, you want to be in the four fours at least. Malik Gant, the Marshall safety, already looked like a box safety. Now he pretty much proved it. Four six three forty, and then this one seven four five cone for a safety is atrocious. That's just that's the one you want to be good at if you're a safety. You want to be able to change directions. Yep. That's not changing direction as well. Elijah Holyfield, Georgia running back, four seven eight, and stiff. I mean, like, he looks stiff on tape, and then he stands up straight out of his stance. No flexibility there. I, I'm, I'm off him. I'm off him. <laughs> You're All off right. Elijah. Devin Singletary, FAU running back. Uh, this isn't a kiss of death by any means, but a four six six forty. He's just going to drop in the draft. I, I still think he's going to be a productive. But his change back. of direction wasn't yeah. great either, and he's the guy that he's, forced a ton of missed tackles. Yeah. You didn't expect to see that. Forced a ton of missed tackles uh, at the college level. But it's one of those things where it's like he's going to FAU playing against bad competition. A lot of guys are going to break a lot of tackles right. against that. Is it going to translate with his poor change of direction drills? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I'd, I'm not off of him, but that's just going to fall in the draft. Riley Ridley already didn't have the production in our grading system. The Georgia wide receiver uh, only runs a 4 or 5 8, only has a 30.5 inch vertical. And seven three three cone four two eight shuttle at six one one ninety nine just not didn't come in big didn't look athletic and for the production on tape it's one of those things where yeah you might like his route running his ball skills but compared to the other wide receivers in this class he was just at the very bottom athletically so that's the issue for a lot of these guys deep positions like wide receiver interior defensive line corner safety when you're trying to separate a bunch of guys in the second third fourth round range. The combine times, I know for the NFL especially, are going to become tiebreakers. But yeah. even for us, when we're trying to, uh, you know, sort out these guys and how they won and how they're going to translate, mm-hmm. if there are, you know, things we have to take into consideration. Yes, exactly. Um, still want to, tr- you still want the tape to trump uh, everything. But like you said, it's just this, you know, it's added context. Yes, because sometimes you know your eyes can lie, especially you watch. 25 receivers in a row and stuff like that sometimes your eyes can lie a little and bit here's speed. one of the biggest and here's the guy who's up next is one of those lj collier tcu at the college level he was a very good bull rusher and was consistently dominant as a bull rusher but he's going up against college offensive linemen when he's bull rushing and then he goes right. to the combine yes 283 that's big that's good you know that's a tick in his box for a defensive end but 49140 is just eh for that size 30-inch vertical, 9-10 broad jump, and then 7-7-1 cone and 4-7-8 shuttle. It doesn't give the indication of an explosive guy who the bull rush is going to work consistently for him at the NFL level. So you could do it at the college level because he was technique-wise had it, but the explosiveness has to be there at the NFL level to be a consistent bull rusher. It just doesn't look like it with him. So that's a worry then in his corner. Yeah, looking through it, we did a fun little exercise on the pod the other day um, when you weren't here, and I went Mm -hmm. through... I'm trying to add context to all these um, grades, right? And I yeah. broke, broke down Ed Oliver and said, okay, what, you know, how often did he rush at zero tech nose versus you know, non-nose tackle positions? Do mm-hmm. you kind of see the grade, why it was a little bit lower? Because he got so screwed sense, by yeah. the nose tackle thing. I think our pass rush grades, seeing how often a guy wins to the outside, to the inside, and as a bull rusher, I think what we found is the guys who have a diverse skill set as far as their win percentages, say, in college, mm-hmm. They translate okay. best at the NFL. If you have a weakness, if you don't have an inside move that shows up in college, or if you don't have any power, if you can't win as a bull rusher in college, that's Worse. a major red flag. Yes. That's where the lighter guys, the Leonard Floyds and Vic Beasley's, 
maybe haven't translated from an efficiency standpoint mm-hmm. as well as you'd like because they weren't winning with power in college and they could only win to the outside. You really want those guys like a Trey Flowers we keep harping on. He had a really good you know, distribution All of wins end. in college. And I think that's part of the reason why he translated at the next level. I agree. Level. Yeah, I think that's a very important skill set. We have those breakdowns in the, uh, in the draft guide mm-hmm. um, where guys win. And it, you know, it's, it's, I think it's important context. Um, so get your draft guide, PFF Edge or Elite. You can also get your Elite uh, Edge monthly. Just get in. Get in and get out if you want. That's what you can do. Those are very good numbers. They're very insightful numbers that I would highly recommend. Last guy, though, on the list to talk about, David Edwards, Wisconsin tackle. The the Offensive line is probably – offensive tackle, uh, just anywhere along the offensive line, is where probably athleticism matters the least. I'll say you just get the broad spectrum of – you'll have freak athletes like Tyron Smith running four sevens, you know, benching all this, and you'll have trash athletes like uh, Travis Frederick running five sixes, uh, terrible change direction ability, and also be, you know, both elite players at their respective positions. So it's not a kiss of death by any means. It's not limiting. But when a guy like David Edwards, not a powerful tackle at Wisconsin by any means, wins with technique, wins with one look like with athleticism there, goes to the combine and does not put up good athletic drills. You know, 4.77 shuttle is not it's average, and it, he's a guy who looked like he should be above average in that regard. 25.5 inch vertical, just not an explosive player at all. That's when it's worrisome. It's when a guy looked like he was a good athlete on tape, and then it's, uh, he wasn't actually. So right. is that meh athleticism going to come back to haunt him at the NFL level? It's worth questioning. And another guy like Edwards who could be anywhere in that second to fourth round range at best, and you know, f- you know, sorting him out. Uh, of that other group of that second, third tier tackles. Yes. That gonna, doesn't do himself. Exactly. That doesn't do him any favors. So there you have it. Guys, those are all your losers? Yes, my losers. Yeah. It's all at, uh, at uh, profootballfocus.com. That's what I'm looking Check for. It it's all over there. Mm-hmm. Good job, Mike. Thank you. But uh, yeah, you were, you were locked in watching these workouts all weekend. Mm. Uh, it is fascinating. Uh, we won't get into the interview stuff that comes out of it. You missed the, the grit test that I did with Sam. Oh, it's, Or that yeah. he did not. He Refused to do the grit test with me. That's uh, he's probably. I mean, it's probably because he's not gritty enough. Right. And he was scared. He he was, but he thinks that the right move is. He's, to, he's off my board. Well, he thinks that the right move is to not deny the grit test. Mm. If you just shut her down. What if you blink one eye? You just like give him a wink halfway through. Man, I wish. <laughs> I'm not even going to put you through the grit test because I won't know how to evaluate it. Yeah. And I already know you're gritty. I Thank can you. See you. Look at you talking. I mean, if you can roll in here with a man bun and start talking about offensive linemen, the grid <laughs> so is just yeah. oozing off of you, Mike. So we're not going to even test it. Uh, but do you want to get into some, some mock drafts? Let's do some mock. Let's get through some of the notables. Yeah, we'll go through some of the notable guys. Again, I always like to do, I'm the GM. What would I do? Yeah. Uh, so it's not going to look like a traditional mock. Try to give you an idea of player value. What stood out to you as you're looking at my mock So draft? number one, you had Kyler Murray. You go yeah. Kyler Murray, and you think he is... An upgrade from Josh Rosen, or you wouldn't be drafting Kyler Murray at number one overall, or maybe you would if, if you didn't think it was an upgrade. You just want your more shots at the proverbial dartboard. Uh, but so, what's the deal with Rosen here? What do you do with Rosen if you're the Cardinals? You draft Murray? Are you keeping both? Or are you trading one? I think you try to flip them, but you don't sacrifice value. The okay. rumors that so, you're getting a third rounder back, like I'm not giving Rosen up a for a third okay. rounder. Where do um, you? What's the cutoff? I, I want a first rounder for him. First rounder, and I think a team like the Dolphins or the Redskins. Where there's, I think there's only two viable top ten quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins. I think the Dolphins or the Redskins, instead of taking a Drew Locke, a Daniel Jones, or anyone else, 
are better off giving up a first for Josh Rosen. I think he's a better player. I don't think he lost any value in that terrible situation. Maybe a touch of value last year Yeah, in that situation with Arizona, but you still you lose one year of his rookie contract compared to these other guys, but you don't have to pay the signing bonus, all these things, even out to Josh Rosen still worth a first-rounder. It would crack me up if the Cardinals trade Josh Rosen, not for a first-rounder this year, but for next year. So they're like betting on him being bad next year and getting a high draft pick back. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll give it. Not this year, though. We want a 2021. So the year after you start him, we're going to get that pick. That's the one we want. That would crack me up. But I I think they'll go for Troy. And then they draft Tua to compete with Kyler. They, just, they keep getting the number one overall pick. And then they flip one, get the next year's first rounder, and then That's you get the Trevor Lawrence. You've got to keep... This is it. Cardinals, give me a call. We're going to continue to trade and manipulate first round picks until we get to Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. The crown jewel in the class of 2021. Does any NFL team have that type of long-term planning? No. Every other business has a good five-year plan. The NFL is like, no. We'll give you a one-and-a-half-year no. plan, and that's it. That's all you get. Josh McCown's our starter. Josh McCown is going to take us this year. All right. right so, yeah, I went Kyler. There's a whole video on YouTube here where I'm talking to George and Eric. We talk about this whole Kyler situation. I think it's, I think it's a great – it's the type of conversation that we have here in the PFF offices about the numbers that they're running, quarterback value, all these different things. There's a lot of those videos going up on YouTube, so check them out. So, Murray won. Obviously, Bosa, number two, no-brainer of the 49ers. Quinnen, three to the Jets, no-brainer. Josh right. Allen, they four Raiders. They would tell you it is not a no-brainer. Okay. Well, they, that's because you're, these are it's a no-trade mock. So It's a no-trade mock. Their so thing is trade down, trade down, trade down for someone to get a QB. But no trades, that's the one. Five is the pick that we just keep going back to because there's such a difference between Bosa, Williams, Allen, and then whoever's there at five is going to be a big gap. You go DeAndre Baker. And you actually have three corners going in the top ten. DeAndre Baker, five. Greedy Williams, eight. Byron Murphy, nine. Yeah. yeah, so the three corners, if, if you guys saw our behind-the-scenes discussion of the draft board, we don't have a major difference between DeAndre Baker, Greedy Williams, and Byron Murphy from a grading standpoint. Schematically, Murphy's great at zone. Greedy Williams, great in man coverage and press. Mm-hmm. Baker's a little bit of both. Uh, Baker and Murphy were both 4-5 in the 4-5s. Mm-hmm. They're not exceptional straight-line athletes. Greedy ran a little bit faster. There's just not four, a Jalen Ramsey or a Marshawn Lock. Four three seven is a lot faster than four five three. Well, that's fine, but he's not okay. as good at football. Yeah, okay. I'm that's that. so that's the <laughs> difference with Greedy Williams versus Byron Murphy and, and DeAndre Baker. Not as good at playing football. Well, you said it's a little faster. It's a lot faster. I'm just okay, saying. he's a lot faster. Thank you for yeah. specifying. Take away your grit test wins. So I have a tough time sorting out these corners, but I think they're all worth that risk in the top ten. Yeah, that they could hit. I'm so that's where fine I am with them on that, and I agree. Dwayne Haskins at six to the Giants. Mm-hmm. I think that's that one looks. Haskins are locked to the Giants. I think it's going to happen. I think the Giants will draft a QB. This they year. should want I, Haskins. Yeah, Haskins. I think. Uh, Jonah Williams seven to the Jaguars. They just didn't love that either. That one's a tough fit. It's fitting anyone in there because they really don't have holes defensively. Offensively, it's just wide receiver. Like they need like three of them at this point. So. Uh, and obviously at guard, they could have a need. So Jonah Williams, guard to tackle, tr- sort of transition at some point in his career there if he does get drafted. I would not hate that. Already got the top nine. Ed Oliver at 10, that high. Yeah. Uh, I'm starting to talk myself back into Ed Oliver. Again, the study that we did on you know how often he had to rush from nose tackle when he mm-hmm. did get opened up and got to rush against guards and not face double teams as much. He was more efficient. Um, did improve this year. 
I, I like to think I'm not getting too swayed by the fact that he weighed in at 287, mm-hmm. but it's swaying me a little bit the fact that all year they said he's playing at 270. So even if it's all water weight, he's still at least 280, he right? Did, he he weighs in at weight. 287 and then didn't test, actually. So, like, didn't test at the combat, didn't do any of the athletic. Oh, besides. So. Plus, look. Besides the vertical. Ed sent us this. Yeah. He sent us this bobblehead before the year. So, you know, I'm going to put him in the top 10. I don't. I, I think it's a need for the Broncos. I'm not going to say it's a bad pick. And then uh, 11, Devin White, Bengals, the pick that's going to be every mock. I mean, that's just need fit. 12, Jerry Tillery, Packers. Talked ad nauseum about Tillery. You know you love, I love that pick. Love that and they, pick. Need, they, they have a need there. Cross Mike Daniels on that base front. Andre Dillard, 13, the Dolphins. This one we discussed earlier about Dolphins need a right tackle. And Juwan Taylor played right, right tackle. Andre Dillard played left tackle. You have Juwan Taylor going 16 in the Panthers, who need probably a left tackle. And so Panthers need any, both tackles. Any sort of like cognizant being like, these guys are close on your board. Do so for the let's say for the Dolphins here. They're close on your board. Dillard and Taylor. They take the guy that's used to playing right. Do you take the guy that's used to playing right tackle? Um, if it's a tiebreaker, yes. Okay. If it's a tiebreaker, yes. But at the same time, I know offensive linemen say it's really tough to switch positions. Mm-hmm. We do see it all the time. Yeah. Almost every good right tackle in the NFL played left tackle in college mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah, I mean it's, that's usually where the better. It's tackle not is. like this is an impossible move. I, I again, I compare it to moving from shortstop to second base. It's a different view. It's a different skill set. But if you're but good at playing shortstop, you'll probably play. be good at playing second base, and you'll be okay over time. All right. On to 14, Christian Wilkins, Falcons. Uh, that one's pretty We're self-explanatory. Just trying to, just need, trying to get the Clemson even with Jarrett, Yeah. Even though Gray Jarrett's there, I think they still need a lot of help. They were better when they had Poe and him. Yeah, Wilkins can move sure around the front. front a little bit, too. Redskins. He might even be better at nose than anywhere else. Redskins, Brian Burns, edge rusher. I think he might even be gone by then when it's all said and done after how he tested. Uh, but definitely need Preston Smith probably gone. The yeah. key here is that the Dolphins, so the Broncos, Dolphins, and Redskins, who all need a quarterback mm-hmm. despite the Broncos trading for Flacco, no quarterback I'm willing to take here. So I'm going to just continue to build the roster and flip second and third round to figure out quarterbacks yeah. in this scenario. 17, Browns, Jeffrey Simmons. That one. We we said he's a hot, we think he's higher than that talent wise, dropping him down some for the injury, but not a ton because one he could play this next year even with how early his ACL was, uh, and two he's you know he's top to talent he's worth the pick the, and he'll we just think he'll be good modern yeah. medicine you know that big sort of need thing. and fits from a value standpoint. Eighteen Dalton Reisner to the Vikings. It's always going to be O line, but you went Reisner over Ford. A lot of people have Ford going there. Yeah, I, I think Reisner's. Uh, Reisner projects a little bit better for us. Um, I think he could play guard or center if he needed to, but uh, you know the mm-hmm. fact that he could step in at right tackle, play guard, love his strength, and I think he'll scares me a little bit in pass protection because yeah, the Big Twelve you don't get challenged a ton, and his kick steps not the prettiest thing in the world. But I kind of like Zach Streif with the Saints for years, just kind of big dude who got the job done. I think Reisner could be that guy. That's not a bad comp. On to nineteen, where it's the DK Metcalf. Titans probably just not going to happen realistically. It's one of those PFS specials Stop where it, Mike. Stop telling me this isn't going to happen. He's just not going to fall that far. I mean, if you're a Titans fan, you open up the mock draft and you're like, well. But this is going to be the key. Was, Look, if, if Corey Davis is going to go to the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. you need a nice deep threat like DK Metcalf on the other side to open things you're up. And all of a sudden, get, Corey Davis, yeah. 140 catches a year just to you know catch up to his pace. He needs to. Yeah. He'll start uh, breaking... I mean, need, I'm not going to say the fit, need, whatever. That 
lines up perfectly. I just don't think he'll be there realistically. Fine. 20 Steelers, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I love this fit for That'd Big That would be ben. great. Yeah. Arcega-Whiteside, combination of body control and box-out ability. I think there's two different ways to win contested mm-hmm. catches. He owns both of them. Yeah. The, you know, he can make the spectacular catch. He could also just shield his body. Back shoulder yeah. king of this class. And that's low-key. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger ben will has taken him. over as one of the best back shoulder throwers in the NFL. Ben will give him opportunities. They do a lot of that. All right, 26, Cleveland Farrell. It's 21, Edge, 21, yeah. Cleveland Farrell to the Seahawks. This was the Ja'Kai Polite pick that now belongs to Cleveland because Polite trashed the combine. Farrell, uh, they, they still have a big need there, even with franchising Frank Clark. Yeah. Uh, and I think that actually you get two base ends there. Their pass rush grade has gone down every year since 2013. Farrell and Clark on opposite sides make a ton of sense. Yeah. 22, Devin Bush. You already talked about this earlier. Love his uh, fit there. Love the, the fit there in terms yep. of CJ Mosley. Probably gone at this point. Texans, Cody Ford, number 23. Probably stick him in a right tackle and pray he doesn't have to be moved guard. Yeah, sort that's, of thing. that's pretty much it. That's how bad the off- offensive line is. I debated between Ford and the next pick, Amani Oruarie, because I still think, despite the Texans you know, winning They're old the AFC secondary. South, yeah. the secondary questions, offensive line questions, would a guy like Oruarie trump Ford just because of the positional value and playing corner? Maybe, but I went with Ford to the Texans, and then Oruarie goes to the Raiders for their second yes. defensive pick. Raiders get Armani Oruarie, and then at 27, Raiders also get TJ Hawkinson, the tight end out of Iowa. Yeah, I think, you know, he was getting top 10 hype. Um, mm. I, don't, I thought that was a little rich, but the best all around tight end in the draft. Can run block a little bit, can run the seam, shifty, mm-hmm. nifty route runner. I think that's a good fit for the Raiders. That'd be a nice Hawkinson, Oruare, and Josh Allen for the Raiders. That's a that's nice a first ball. round haul. Eagles get A.J. Brown, the Ole Miss wide receiver, the other Ole Miss wide receiver who, yeah, himself tested out. Are, they sleep- well. Are people sleeping on him too much? I think so. I think he's very solid. Because he's not, he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, he's not the best contested catch guy, he's not the best slot, he's not the best outside receiver, mm-hmm. but he's really good at all those things. I think he's the best route runner in this class, if I had to say. Yeah. He's very shifty at the break point. Very creative. And he's big. Like He's not the biggest. Very but 226 big. at 6'1 is a rock-solid wide receiver. He's just going to be tough for your pro, you know, your run-of-the-mill 5'11", 190-pound wide receiver to stick with because of you know, how physical he is. Anquan Bolden comps mm-hmm. are out there every single year. Yeah. But that is a Anquan Bolden body type, yeah. at least. Yeah, he reminded me of a like a actually strong Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, freakishly athletic in terms of vertical, in terms of his shiftiness. That's A.J. Brown. Then he should be in the top 15, if you're telling me that. But I think he's strong, even stronger than Devontae yeah, Adams. Then he should be up in the top 15. He should be wide receiver one. I don't hate on it. I mean, we can I mean, have We might need to redo, you know, debate yeah. this again, redo our wide receiver rankings. you got to you got to go watch some more tape with me all right 26 we have justin lane uh steve's my guy this week the cornerback <laughs> out of michigan state uh steve's yeah. been really high on him after watching him this week going to the colts justin lane my guy this week i haven't i don't th- i don't think i've done this yet i don't think i've typed, no. typed up justin lane uh no he's a i think he's one of those guys first round player on a team like the colts board who plays a ton of zone maybe not as high on teams that play a lot of press man but good size former wide receiver the whole thing he's my guy yeah this week, the more I watch him, the more he's my guy too. Thank uh, you. I, I, I'd take him at the end of the first. We can I share. For sure would. There's obviously some concerns, but I do like his length and athleticism. Rent four five. I said I could see him going sub four five, just barely four five on the dot. 
Love to see that, though. Love when you guess correctly. 28, Chargers, Nasir Adderley, this one, and the Devin White one. They're not Gotta changing. Got to give them the center They're fielder. Not, I don't think you're going to change these, any of the future mocks. Never want probably. to. I don't want to change Byron Murphy to the Bills. And Murphy to the Mill. Jeez, Murphy to the Bills, probably Reisner to the, Fal- to the Vikings. Those seem set in stone at this point. I might just leave the mock as <laughs> I'm just going to keep no, rolling out the same mock. No mock draft five. All right. I mean, the free agency is going to happen. We're going to need a mock well, draft. Well, we need the clicks. You know, people need to click on it, so we'll do. Steve, you're, just, that's, you're never supposed to say that. It's supposed to be like a wink and a oh, oh, sorry. That's not, that's not why we do it. It's good content. It's fun. You guys yeah. need to follow it. 30 Packers, Andy Isabella. You just gave me my guys to the Packers. Wait, did you skip Taylor it. Rapp? Oh, sh- yes. 29 Chiefs, Taylor Rapp. He's a safety, versatile safety. Versatile safety, only two missed tackles all year. Yeah, I was debating uh, reaching for a corner, quote-unquote reaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, going for the value position, I wouldn't hate that for the Chiefs. If they, There's a whole bunch of corners in the second round that I think they could grab late first, but Raps at least help in their back end and coverage. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, the Packers at 30 took as Isabella. Two of your guys going to the Green Bay Packers. Speed. They need some speed in that receiving core. Valdez Scantling was not even a good, that necessarily great wide receiver, and he already added something to that offense with how fast he was and how much you get down the field Isabella even faster even better as a deep threat can play that sort of split time from the slot and outside moving around the formation give him some jet sweeps that sort of thing also Weapon. those quick flat OW. routes that Rogers I know it's a different scheme but yeah. if they keep that quick flat route that Rogers likes to throw mm-hmm. he's got 4-3 oh, speed with running back skills yeah. he could do well with those two it's fun 31, Elkton Jenkins Mississippi State Center to the Rams I really like this pick actually everyone sort of pencils in edge there I think they. Go I, I'd been going edge left and right, but now they let John Sullivan walk. Offensive line's been so important for the Rams' success. Mm-hmm. Just kind of keep that flowing, keep it young, because you know Whitworth is getting old at left tackle. Sullivan, we knew was getting old and would be gone soon. They need that influx of youth to keep that old line going. So, like that one. Then thirty-two, Patriots. Zach Allen, BC, such a Patriots edge pick. defender, power player. Same skill set as Trey Flowers. Not saying he's as good, but you know, similar skill set. First still in terms of can play edge, can play inside. Yeah, um, this one I debated the Patriots getting their QB of the future. Uh, for me, it could have been a Will Greer, could have mm-hmm. been a Drew Locke, get that fifth year. Um, but I could see that if the right QB falls and the Patriots don't mind, you know, because they, they have so many picks in the top hundred, they could take a QB at. 32 if they like him. Zach Allen at 200, I think it was 85 pounds in the combine, 165, yeah. 10 time. That's a very That's good 10 good. time for that size. Now it's 40 stunk, 5.0, but people are you don't run that much. JJ Watt comps for him. Okay, obviously. That's but crazy, right? That's crazy now. Okay. He's more Croy Beerman than a JJ Watt. He's more wow. he's more Aaron Cantman, go back in the day. That's but Beerman was smaller than I thought than it seemed like he was on the field. Is that right? Was he in like the 240s? Maybe I'm not thinking. Maybe not. It's the right guy because no. he felt like he played like a 270 pounder and moved around naming, the formation and stuff. I'm just naming white defensive ends, but I'm trying to. No, it might not have been. Campman was a similar. Campman size. was about 275, 280. Yeah. Wow, look at you. I Going said Trey deep. Flowers, but yeah, Trey Flowers comparison. There we go. That is the mock, though. I think it's a good mock. I ran through. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. Not my best mock, or yeah, I mean it's right in the middle of not the worst mock. mock. Not the as worst. As long as it's not yeah. the worst mock ever, then we're good. Man, this is good. Always appreciate your take. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had little combine winners and losers, have the mock draft. I was saying we need a creative way for you and I to do a mock draft together. We'll just go back and forth. Should we do it on the podcast? Yeah. Do it on YouTube Live? There's a couple different ways we could do it. We'll do it on podcast. Maybe the point. podcast next week? Yeah. We'll do like a Throw post. We should do it post free agency. Do that. Oh, that's that a good work. call. Yeah. We'll just go back and forth. For the first week. We'll do it. What we would do. Mm-hmm. It's got to be what we would do. Yeah. Right? 
Cool, man. Do you have any my guys this week? You know, my guy's Justin Lane for the first time ever this week, Michigan State corner. Yeah, Lane Long. Like I said, he's my guy too. Um, but my other my guy is Blake Cashman. After I uh, like the tape. Even with the little arms. Little arms, but f- he tested off the charts. I mean, he tested better than someone like even Luke Keekley, who tested excellently at the Combine. Uh, and then, I mean, the tape is very good. Very uh, plays with great balance ratio, I'll say. Maybe not. I'm not putting him on the Devons level in terms of obviously not there athletically in terms of playmaking ability, but just solid all around linebacker with coverage skills. I think he's going to be a good pro. I'm going to, instead of having my guy, just uh, position things a little bit differently. Guys, a couple guys, should we be higher on? And and when I say this, you know, our board is ever evolving. We still um, discuss it. And and part of it's just going back and breaking down all the numbers that we have. Mm -hmm. We don't just take a board and take our overall PFF grade and just roll with it because there's so much context in there. Um, Chase Winovich, who's had great PFF grades and tested pretty well. Anthony Nelson from Iowa. So two edge defenders from the Big Ten who had really good PFF grades and tested pretty well at the combine. Mm-hmm. Right now we have them both in the second round mix. Should they be getting even more hype than that or a second round even higher? Are we higher on them putting them in the second round, do you think? I feel comfortable in the second round because both aren't. They tested great in terms of change of direction. Both aren't overly explosive yeah. players. And so explosion still matters along the defensive line from translating from college to the NFL. So there's question marks there uh, just in terms of what – their high end looks like but i think they're solid nfl players which is a second rounder to me and you and i talk another iowa defender amani hooker you and i have both watched him separately and mm-hmm. just really liked what he brings to the table i think he do a ton of damage against tight ends you know how much i, will, I love a guy that can cover a tight end yeah how, you were watching him today where do you think we should have him ultimately on the board i think he's top of the second round type of guy yeah. uh, it's a weak safety class but i think he brings a lot to the table in terms of not to stereotype like Iowa DBs, but uh, you know Adrian Amos. In terms, of he's a split safety who's not a split field coverage safety. Of course, so Adrian was Adrian was Penn State. No, oh, that's so good. That's not who I'm. So you're good. Okay, we're good. Not to stereotype Big Ten safeties. Big Ten safeties, but he's very much a quarters split field sort of safety in that mold. In terms of he can change directions, make plays. He's not going to be flying from sideline to sideline. He's not that level of athlete. He is just very solid in that not getting just toasted a lot. Just a very solid player. So now when I'm building my defense, my two four six defense with the Bengals, mm-hmm. play a lot of quarters on early downs, he fits my scheme there. And then on nickel downs, you're not going to play as much quarter quarters when it comes to nickel and third down situations. I can have him become my tight end eraser. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that combination. A guy that you could trust as a quarter safety, that means they need some run-stopping ability. They need the ability to at least be competent against uh, receivers and tight ends in space mm-hmm. and then be able to play some man coverage against tight ends on third yes. and long. Yes, very much so. Oh, that's a good, valuable player. Yeah, I like it. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, man. Is that it for today? I think that's it. I'm good. Let's wrap it up. Great stuff, Mike. Those are your, you get your combines, win, winners and losers over at profootballfocus.com. Of course, um, not all of the data that we use here, but a large chunk of it is all out right now as part of your pff edge or elite subscriptions it's the pff draft guide you can get it for as little as 9.99 over at profootballfocus.com so go and do that and we'll be back i'll be back with sam monson on monday so everybody have a great weekend
Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray and his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash Pro Football Focus NFL.